The Chaser Report is recorded on Gadigal land. Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report with Dom and Charles. <laughs> and Dom, a big day for Optus on Wednesday in that it, they didn't have a big day at all. They, 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 it didn't work. <laughs> yes, Hello? I suppose that's true. Oh, hold on, hold on. I think we must be on the. You keep cutting out. I think you must be on the Optus network. I'm just going to tether the different network. Hold on. Yeah, just use a different network. Yeah, Optus. just hold on one second. I think you're actually connected via Optus 5G, which means yeah. I'm amazed I can hear you at all. I think actually the thing is that you can't really tell the difference of when Optus is down and when it's not. But I'm Ching. Da 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 da. Hold on, I really am re-tethering here. I mean, if only there'd been some warning, hello, Charles, that Optus were terrible. Hello. If Tom. only at some point. Hello? In the past, Optus's performance had been so utterly dreadful Hello? that their customers Hello? might have been made aware that they Hello? sucked in a fairly major way. In fact, there are lots of warning signs about this, Charles, Hello? Uh, and we'll get into them after this. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I love that the start of this podcast recording was literally interrupted by your Optus um, data connection <laughs> sucking. I know, but it sucked before they went down. Like, this is the whole thing. And also, I, I would note the added irony is not just so much that Optus didn't work, but I have now tethered to talk to you on a Vodafone phone, right? So wow. I'm using Vodafone for the reception. That has never happened in the history of Vodafone <laughs> before. <laughs> I don't know why you're still with Vodafone anyway. But Charles, it's not often that I'm ahead of a trend, right? It's not often mm. that I'm dazed to something before anyone else. But on this mm. occasion, I was actually in Singapore on the weekend, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and as you know, Singapore is the home of Singtel, which owns Optus. Yes. So I got off the plane, turned on my Optus phone, thinking, this is cool. This will, this will work fine. I've got the $5 a day roaming plan all set up. I checked that it was all set up in my app and it did not work at all. It didn't work in any way, shape or form. I couldn't get online. I couldn't tell the guy I was staying with that I'd landed or that I'd be on my way to meet him. It was a total disaster. I couldn't transfer money. I couldn't do anything. And eventually I got onto Optus customer service on Wi-Fi via their app, which lets you message them 24-7. And after, honestly, about an hour of toing and froing, they said, oh, yeah, it's an ongoing issue. We don't know why it's happening and we don't know when it will be resolved. Uh, so they had absolutely oh. nothing to say about so it. So you but were this the canary four days. in the coal mine. Yeah, this is four days before it stopped working for everyone else. Maybe you turning on your phone in Singapore was the straw that broke the camel's back, Dom. It could have been. I do download a lot of data. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so kind of like a chaos here. I was the butterfly that flapped their wings at Changi Airport, mm. taking out the entire system in Australia. But it was quite extraordinary. I've never previously had in any tech venture someone saying, yep, it's a big problem. We don't know what's going on. We don't know why. And we've no idea when it will be resolved. But Charles, I understand that is basically what the CEO of Optus said. Yes. Uh, it's a technical issue. Don't know why. It just doesn't inspire confidence. Yes. Well, it, it, I mean, there were so many jokes on the day. It was just <laughs> sort of, you know, the obvious ones like, oh, how can you tell the difference? But then sort of unobvious ones, like, for example, well, 
Well, another great thing was apparently our podcast on Wednesday was full of ads for Optus and people were thinking that we were cracking <laughs> right. some sort of joke. But actually, no, they're... Ironically. They're a much-valued advertiser. And I think it's very good target sure. marketing, really, from Optus because... They can guarantee that the only people who heard the, those Optus ads were non-Optus users that day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is increasingly a parody of a telco. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And not even a very convincing one at that. If I ran a telco, it would be Optus. <laughs> it would be. Yeah. But Optus are only moments away from saying yes to avocado pool toys, mm. I feel. I'm still reeling from them having leaked my details on the dark web mm. and having to just change everything. I mean, just this whole thing of having to – I stopped all my credit checks on my account. I, it was a huge inconvenience. Mm. And they gave us literally nothing in response yes, um, other right. than just some bullshit apology letter. Why am I still with them? Well, because they're the least crap telco where I live in terms of reception. So um, I'm kind of stuck. I can't go anywhere else. Well, well, Dom, I have a theory. I actually have a theory about why it went on. And oh, yeah. I, and it, I haven't seen it reported anywhere else, but I think it's actually true. Because everyone's been going, why didn't they handle the PR side of it better? Like, why didn't they, as soon as all their networks went down, why didn't they ring up the journalists and get on the front mm. foot? Well, duh, it's because they couldn't use their phones. They couldn't get on the front foot with the journalists because they couldn't contact right. them, you morons. I love that when the CEO rang into ABC Radio, she had to use WhatsApp on Wi-Fi <laughs> because her phone didn't work. But how did her Wi-Fi work? She must have been using Telstra or something. Well, actually, I would imagine she went over to the Telstra store and used their free <laughs> Wi-Fi. <laughs> anyway, I've got a theory, which is, so on Wednesday, the entire Optus network goes down. The same day, the Australian Tax Office release all the corporate tax cheats of 2021-22, right? Like this is all the big companies, Ooh. the big 800 companies, and how much tax they paid, including a whole list of companies who paid no tax at all despite earning hundreds of millions and sometimes billions of dollars in revenue. And guess who happened to be on that list? None other than Optus Uh-oh. themselves. So so I reckon what has happened, and it's not just Optus, it's Rio Tinto, IAG, ExxonMobil, AGL, Qantas, Shell, down at QBE, like so many companies not paid a single cent of tax in the 2021-2022 tax season, right? But including Optus. And I reckon those group of companies got together and went, you know, what better way to under-report this whole story than to just stop the networks, like just stop the reporting. And they got together and Optus went, well, yeah, we're in for it because we didn't pay any tax and then no one's noticed. Charles, you're being really unfair to Optus and I don't normally defend them, mm. but you're saying they're not paying any money at all to the government. Yeah. I completely challenge that. They're paying a vast amount of money to the Singaporean government, <laughs> which owns Singtel, or at least a majority <laughs> share in Singtel, through their uh, investment company, Tomasek Holdings. It's a massively successful government-owned business of the sort that we're not allowed to have in Australia anymore because they all got privatised. In Singapore, they didn't privatise them. They made them efficient and so efficient, in fact, that they're able to provide a massive income stream for 
for the Singaporean government, like mm. Singapore Airlines, like many, many other businesses. But they don't pay tax in Australia because in Australia what they've done is make it as lean and as and efficient as possible, which only governments can do, Charles. Forget the private sector. The most mm. efficient businesses in the world are Singaporean government-owned telcos that don't mm. invest in infrastructure and have crap customer service in Australia. But it's genius, you know, well, business running. We should get the Singaporean government to buy the chaser. I must say, if you if you set up a telecommunication company and you don't spend any money on providing telecommunications or personal data safety, then that mm. is a very profitable business model. That is that's the best idea. business model in the world. You get 40%, you sign it up is. 40% of Australians to use your mobile service, don't give them the service, profit. They, I mean, I don't understand why Telstra and Vodafone don't do that as well. And you make your uh, your slogan, yes, right? Brilliant bit of marketing. Mm. Yes. The great thing about that is that it doesn't ask what the question is. Mm. Is Optus crap? Yes. Mm. Would you be a fool to sign up? Yes. <laughs> Should I have left years ago? Absolutely yes. It's the yes company, Charles. Do you not pay any tax? Yes. <laughs> Do you funnel vast amounts of money into Singapore? Yes. So in some ways we're being a bit unfair because it's not that they don't pay any tax to governments because if you added up all the mm. sum total of tax that they paid to all governments around the world, world, it would be vast. It's just not our government. Mm, not our government, no, because we have this um, insane idea that the private sector is more efficient than a well-run public sector, mm. completely disproved in much of the world, of course. We have this idea, oh, we couldn't couldn't possibly have a government-owned telco mm. that would, for years ahead in the future, provide a revenue stream so that Australians would, have to, would actually own something for once. Mm. No, no, let's sell the mines to the private sector. Let's privatise all of our telcos for a one-time cash hit that mm. then means that um, they're foreign-owned. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. Yes. Sorry to get all lefty on you, but, no, but the Singaporean government is amazingly good. The only thing that they're better at than running telcos, Charles, is uh, stifling political dissent. Yeah, they're very efficient at that. That's very... They're very efficient. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. It's a well-run society. Okay, so I think we've got to brainstorm what the government should get into the business of so yeah. that we can be a bit like the Singapore government and buy up yeah. a few businesses to run ourselves so that we can be a little bit like on the Singaporean grift where we can just sit back and count the money as taxpayers. Yes. Well, that's one option. We should explore that. But I, I, I should also note that there is another possibility, Charles. I am. Which is that we outsource the Australian government to Singapore. To Singapore, yes. And we get Singapore to run Australia hmm. offshore. Yes. And, and do so much more efficiently. Presumably, though, what they do is make the Australian government much more profitable, but for them. So maybe that wouldn't be the most pleasant society to live in. But also, isn't the point that it also wouldn't work? Like you'd have days where the entire government just shuts down and they don't even bother to tell the journalists what's going on. They just <laughs> they just stop working. To be fair, yeah, that is it's not, it's not a core yeah. skill. Yeah. It's not a core skill of a Singaporean enterprise is public accountability. No, exactly. It's not really baked into the business model yeah. of Optus to actually provide some sort of transparency. And also there's enough downtime in the Australian parliament that you go, you mm. know, some days they are offline, aren't they? I mean, sort of. That's true. There's yeah. a lot of outages. <laughs> but you could even say that the main business of the Australian government is doing nothing. Mm. And that very occasionally they actually all go to work there yes. and do something, and that's the outage. The I outage think that's the, the abnormal situation, yes. something happening. Yes. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. 
Chaser Report. News you can't trust. So I've got a pitch for you, Dom, about which business okay. the, the Australian government should take over and nationalise as part of your oh, lefty please. idea of the government actually starting to run things again in Australia. And that mm. is WeWork. WeWork? So, WeWork. So hear me wow. out here. It's a really great business model. What you do is you take out long-term leases on commercial property mm. and incur a huge amount of risk in doing so because you've signed a 30-year lease to pay that lease every year for 30 years. And then you make the money back by renting it out to small businesses a month at a time on a sort of subscription model and hope that they don't go broke even though small businesses go broke all the time. And the Australian government should just get into that business because that sounds like a perfect business model. And, you know, like, I don't know, it was WeWork. It's, like, worth $40 billion. Like, that's exactly the sort of... Yeah, I read a book about about this. Yeah. I read a book a book about the amazing business of, of WeWork and what you've got to do, and, and Adam Adam Newman, the, the founder, mm. uh, was a particularly Genius. brilliant at this. Genius. What you've got to do is you start a business that's, that's a very simple thing like it's very clearly a property business yes whereas you say you're you're renting very expensive um office space and you're then packaging it up and selling hot desk memberships and so on to other companies so you can leave at any moment if for instance i don't know there's a global pandemic and no one wants to work in offices anymore but what you do charles is you don't at all worry about profitability you don't worry about having enough money coming in to cover the cost to the business and to be fair we in the chaser have have known this for years you don't worry about having enough money coming in to actually cover the expenses what you do is you Mm. build it up with a massive amount of tech hype so there's a massive bubble and you convince investors that you're not a property company you're some kind of amazing highfalutin internet business that's just going to keep growing and growing and so charles when you can't pay your bills in any given month Mm. all you do is just get more money from investors and just get more silicon valley investors to buy in and start talking about building a wee community and you start wee schools and wee housing and wee everything else and talk Mm. about this this wee world that you're building whereas in fact every single month you're losing money and then losing more money and then what you do is charles this is the really Mm. clever bit you get a japanese investor I think it's Mayuhashi Son, his name was, the founder of Mm. SoftBank, to come in. Mm. You pitch him somehow and mesmerise him and get him to put billions more in. So you can invest everywhere. So you open hundreds of new offices all over the world, all of them losing money at once, but then there's a pandemic and you have to declare bankruptcy. Other than that, though, it's a very good idea. So that happened yesterday. Yesterday we were declared bankruptcy and I was very surprised because I thought that they had already declared bankruptcy. (laughs) I thought we were (laughs) folded about a year ago. Already had a major. They had a few issues where the founder had to resign, and they got taken over. By, I think directly by SoftBank and so on. Yeah, but no, this is the full, full-on formal bankruptcy phase. Mm. So what do, what does that mean for the future of wankers in business? I mean, well, look, is there a future it, for? It's them? Be very hard for them to. They have to go back to coffee shops, Charles. <laughs> I was a WeWork member once. I've been a WeWork member. And well, exactly. let me tell you, it's it's very seductive. It's a great business model. Charles, I had a full month of mm. going around and swanning around and thinking I was, you know, in, in this sort of new tech generation and I was a founder briefly. Mm. Yes, yes. Loved being a founder. Did, I drank did you remove their fruit all water. The, did you remove all the vowels from the proper nouns that you used? Yes, like, I did. I, I became dum instead Did you of dom. become dum nut? Yeah, I was dum nut. That's what I was, <laughs> dum nut. And I went to a wine and cheese event. I got lots of free food. I basically, I wrote a, a lot of a book in a WeWork actually and had a mm. great time. There's just one thing I didn't do during my month at WeWork, Charles. Oh, yeah. What'd you, what'd and you that do? was pay. <laughs> I didn't pay for being a member. 
They gave me an, a month-long sample yeah. and then said, would you like to remain as a member for $400 a month? And I was like, $400 a month? No way. But it was a very enjoyable trial month. I really yes. recommend using their facilities for free. <laughs> I just wouldn't pay them And on their balance you. sheet, they would have marked you up as, we've got a new member. Yeah, new member. Yeah. That's right. Well, Dom, I th- see, I think the Australian government, like that's, you know, when a company goes bankrupt, you can buy it for pennies on the dollar. I think that that's what we should be doing. The Australian government should be buying up WeWork and getting into business again. Yeah, re-nationalise industry. Start with WeWork. You're great. We'll make tons of money. Well, Charles, I mean, there is something that the government could open that would um, absolutely be guaranteed to make money. Oh, yeah. Uh, like it's literally 100% certainty of success. Oh, yeah. Which is a bank. They actually have the People's Bank. Yes. Imagine if instead of Visa and MasterCard clipping the ticket every time we tapped on, because no one uses cash anymore. What if the government clipped the ticket for the 2% or whatever it is instead of Visa and MasterCard and got all that money? Yes. Imagine the amount of tax they'd collect. They'd be as rich as the banks, which are very rich. That's a great And we could call it, so the Commonwealth Bank, because it would incorporate yeah. the whole Commonwealth. Or National Australia Bank. Yes. Yeah, or, or the Australian and maybe a New Zealand bank. Yes. I love the idea. Let's do that. And because the thing is, that's how you make money. Because that's, that's my, my wealthy friend, friend that we both know who gave me that advice years and years ago, which was how to be rich is to just own shares in banks. And that was his sort of thing. Mm. And it sort of presupposed having the money to own shares in banks. But, you know, that's the, <laughs> that's the key to wealth. So, yeah, we get the government to do that. That's very revolutionary, Dom. I, don't, I can't believe no one's ever thought of that before. All Australians, Charles, would actually own shares in a bank, in a sense, yes. because we'd all own part of this financial institution. So when, when it made 3 or $4 billion mm. profit in any given yes. year, we wouldn't be angry and feel that there was a you know a sort of quadruply going on that was squeezing yes. us. We'd be like, great. We'd be That's cheering That's our money along. that we're making. That's less tax we've got to pay. Yes. And we'd go, oh, look, I really like that credit card surcharge that I got whacked by Yeah. That cafe that just, clearly sure. is overcharging me on the surcharge, even though that's illegal. That's right. It's taking money out of out of one pocket and putting it back in another because I get to keep the profits. <laughs> uh, that would work, Charles. It would work so well until one second into the next Liberal government yes. where they would privatise the bank yeah. and then use the money from that to, to fund tax cuts for rich people. It would be a fibre-to-the-curb bank. They'd come in <laughs> and they'd go... The bank's allowed to do everything other than handle money. Yes, yes, you can yeah. and handle transactions. Yeah, you yeah. can open an account with them. Yeah, <laughs> and you can you can even deposit money in yeah. there. But you got to do it really you can't slowly. Actually touch it it's, at all? It's yeah, you're only allowed ten cents. You got to post day. them banknotes. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so true. Oh God, I'm depressed. Why why does every episode end in generalized depression, anxiety disorder? But but Charles, no, there's another solution. Just before we go, there's another thing that the government could get into. It, I can't believe we haven't thought of it before. Satire. The, the Australian government could open a telco. Oh, yes, and run run a telephone network that actually covered the whole of Australia. Australia. That would be amazing, you, like a yeah. telecom. It could be like Telecom Australia or something. It could. It could be called Telecom Australia. I mean, ironically, we already own the NBN. I'm amazed they haven't privatised that yet. Yeah. I think that's because no one – who would buy the who NBN? Would buy it. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I'll tell you who would buy the NBN. Optus would buy the NBN. Optus would, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all that the government would need to do is just whack a bunch of cell phone towers – on the NBN, oh, wait a sec, that would deliver NBN quality service to everyone. That, yeah, no, no. No, we, no. We, we, can't, we can't do that. Our gear is from Rode. <sighs> We're part of the Iconoclast Network. I'll catch you next week. If Optus lets us connect, who knows? <laughs> 
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 